Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. We wanted just to have a moment to talk about what happened in Texas with the with the shooting and, and what's going on with the schools and stuff. So we wanted to address it ourselves because we don't really know what parents are saying. We don't know what exactly what teachers are saying, what details you're getting. If your friends are thinking, hey, this is going to happen to our school next. But there was there was a shooting in Texas, and, and I don't want to get into all the details exactly, but a, a good number of students, young students, died as a result, and a few teachers. But we just want to talk about that for a minute. We do live in a crazy world with crazy people. And what happened down there is pretty much exactly what I'm talking about tonight. And the re- everything I'm going to share with you tonight is perfect to set you up to learn how to pray for these type of events and to keep them from happening. Because we can. We have the authority, not the world, not the devil. We have the authority. And whether you know it or think it or believe it or not, you can shape the world around you, your environment, your sphere of influence. Wherever you go, you can shape it. But we wanted to address it because I don't know if, if you came in here tonight. Uh, I know Haas and I were talking earlier, and yeah, you, you feel kind of heavy, right? You feel a little bit overwhelmed, like, well, geez, like, what can I do? Like, can I, can I even do anything? Like, here I am in just New Albany, Indiana, and, and, and what, what, what can I do? Well, I wanted to read Psalm 91 to you. It's a little bit long, but it'll help us. Whenever you're feeling discouraged or fearful, especially fearful, like, yo, I'm, I'm going back to school, and then I'm like, What's that mean for me? Like, what about, what about my school? What about my friends? What about my teachers? Psalm 91, it's verse 1 through 16 out of the Passion Translation. If you're somebody that came in here with fear, maybe anxiety, scared of going back to school, not knowing what to think, I want you to write that down. Psalm 91, 1 through 16 out of the Passion Translation. And I want you to read this as much as you want. When I was a soldier in Iraq, I had a, they, had, they sold these camouflage bandanas, and this was actually written screen printed onto that bandana and I would lay that out and read it all the time and I had to memorize it in the King James Version but Passion Translation breaks it down really easy so I just want to say go crazy with this thing read this as much as you want to when your friends are at school and and you can tell they're maybe even scared to come into the classroom or, or, or people at work are talking about it you have this weapon to fight that with it says, when you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. And we could say that was a hidden trap, that what happened. But the good thing is as believers with the Holy Ghost living inside of us, we can pray against those things and stop those things from ever happening. I'm not saying that nobody in that school was ever praying, but we have a weapon that we can use to 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 cancel out the plans of the enemy. It says he'll rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. Man, you could read this at any time and just feel so bolstered up, so confident. You will never worry about attack of demonic forces at night nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing, whether by day or whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Every time, or even in a time of disaster with 
Here it is, with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. And I'm believing that for me and I'm believing that for you. You guys like that? Is that good? Does that build up some confidence in you? You will be a spectator, spectator as the wicked perish in judgment for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we'll always be shielded from harm. Isn't that amazing? How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders. I love this part. To protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. Do you know, and our church majors in this topic of, of the ministry of angels, the angelic help. Every single one of you have an angel that was assigned to you when you were born to assist you from day one to the time that you leave the planet. You have the ability to put those things to work. When you wake up, I... I Every time I climb a ladder on a job site, as I'm climbing up it, I'll say, angels hold that. And people are probably thinking, that's crazy. I literally talk to them like they're standing here with me because they are. Yeah, we can't see them, but they are willing to work with us and for us. It's not a hard thing to do. You don't maybe have to understand how it all works. Just know that you can put them to work. So you can say, Lord, as I go to school tomorrow, ministering spirit or angels, I just give you the permission to go into my life and remove those obstacles, remove crazy people, from our midst and just say thank you for your help and thank you for your protection it's super easy and that that prayer didn't even sound that good and it doesn't have to sound good you could just walk out your house today and say hey as i get in my car lord i thank you that your angels are keeping us wherever we go no one's going to reckon to us no one's going to shoot our school up no one's going to hurt me today because i got all of heaven on my side super easy but take that and use that that's it's like it's one of the many free gifts that god gave us to use in our life daily so I could, I could finish reading that, but, but that's, that's the main parts that I wanted to get to. But I just wanted to say, we're not people that are afraid or fearful. And it's, it's, it is okay if you feel those emotions. I mean, I, I felt them. I was like, oh my gosh, like, wow. And then I started thinking, I, I have three, three young kids. Hey, what does that mean for us? Well, it just means that we're going to remain to continue to do what we're doing, confessing and believing the same way that we do, thanking the angels for their protection, thanking God that he's our shield, our fortress, our defense, and that he, he covers us wherever we go. So uh, Haas and I were talking about this, and I wanted him to pray for us tonight. And um, is, is that hit home with anybody? Is anybody feeling that way a little bit? You can nod your head at me if that makes sense to you. If you've been having any of those feelings, maybe you have some younger siblings that maybe were the age of those young students that, that passed away as a result. But Hoss is going to pray, pray over us. He's going to bless us. Well, Father, I come to you tonight, and um, I thank you for these students tonight, Lord. I lift them up to you, and um, Lord, like uh, Psalm 91 says, I pray that you would um, draw them near unto you, Father, and I pray that you would help them, Father, to dwell with you, to dwell um, to dwell with you in that secret place and to find you and to stay there with you, Father. Uh, because when when we stay there, I know, Lord, we're protected, Lord, from all these things. I thank you, Lord, that we are delivered uh, from wicked and unreasonable people. And I declare that over these young people tonight, that they are delivered from wicked and unreasonable people. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. I thank you, Lord, that protection is theirs and um, that we have no reason to be afraid. Because, Father, you're on our side. You're for us. You're not against us. And um, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would uh, fill these young people with peace tonight 
and moving forward. Um, Lord, we know school's almost over, but Lord, I just thank you that you're going to help in these last few days of school to go about it with peace and um, without worry. I thank you, Lord, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious. And I just bind worry. I bind I bind um, anxiety off of their minds right now. In Jesus' name, I plead the blood of Jesus over them right now. And I thank you, Lord, for helping them, Father, to uh, be a light in their schools, um, you know, where anxiety may be abounding, worry might be abounding, that in their hearts and their minds, they would have peace and joy and um, that they'd be able to be a witness and a light during these times and to be able to help uh, their friends and their families, whoever else around them, that they would be able to help them, Father, during these times. And so I just thank you for that, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them in their hearts to, to pray, to not keep their mouths closed, but to pray to you, Father, and to um, continue developing their relationship with you and to, um, to pray for those around them, to pray for their schools, to pray for uh, their friends, uh, to know you more, Father, and to pray for safety and to pray for this world around them, Lord, to uh, be touched by you, Father. So I thank you for it and that they would respond to the Holy Spirit in their day-to-day -day lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, thank you, Big Hoss. I feel better. I feel better, and I, and I believe and hope that you guys do as well. You know, with that scripture, you know, if uh, if you're at school and anybody's like, hey, how are you feeling right now? Or like, man, I feel really nervous. You can just, if you guys have your phone, have the, the, the Bible, the YouVersion Bible app, you can pull that up and just say, hey, re I'm, can, I, can I send this to you? Can I airdrop this to you? And just send it to them. I know you guys are on Snap, sending like 65 million snaps a day. Send them, send them a couple pictures of that. Does that make sense? If they're like, hey, really feeling you know emotional about this right now, just send it to them. Say, hey, read this. It'll make you feel better. You cool? You good? All right. I think what uh, Pastor Morgan taught last week really makes sense for why there's such a need. My gosh. Why there's such a need for us to share our faith, share Jesus with other people. Because the world is full of crazy people. There's so much good. There is, there is so much good going on, but there's, there's also evil stuff going on. So it's important for us to share our faith. You never know by you sharing your faith, what that could do for, for somebody. Make sense? So I want to talk to you kind of part two of what she taught last week. Um, part two would be, this is the title, you ready for it? My job is to plant. That's your job. Okay, so get out there and start doing it. My job is to plant. Can I tell you a story about farming? Okay. In the beginning, God put two people in the Garden of Eden. Their one job was to farm, to garden, to tend, to take care of, right? That happened day one. So here we are all of these years later. And I was reading this thing. In 1950, farming, crops, taking care of things was on the steady decline. They started buying up land, farmland, putting uh, Amazon factories, skyscrapers there. So farming really kind of died off. It's still here. Anybody anybody have a, a, like a little mini garden, like an herb garden, or you plant anything, like anybody at all? Cool, cool, cool. We had a huge gar garden growing up. I loved it. Also have chickens, so I can relate to this. Um, and my wife has every available shelf in our house filled with greenery. So. Um, stuff that you don't have to water so it just stays alive all the time. <laughs> Those are the best to take care of. So in 1950, a steady decline happened. 
but yet we read our Bible still and there's all of these gardening references and sowing seed and planting seed. You're like, I've never planted a seed in the ground. What does this mean? God wrote the Bible that way because that was such a big part of our culture. And for many Americans, it still is. There's a lot of people that are still doing that. But he wrote it to us like that so we could, we could relate. And we still can. I know I said 1950s, it stopped, but everybody understands you plant a seed in the ground and something grows up, right? Does everybody get that? It's not just me. Okay, okay. I know I'm 33, a little bit older, but God uses that, these references so that he can relate to us. But did you know that your heart, my heart, is like soil of a garden? It is. He uses these references in the natural so it makes sense spiritually for us. You're like, Amzi, you're saying I have a heart made of soil. No, not, not spiritually you do, right? Does that make sense? When you speak something into someone's life, it goes into the soil of the garden of their heart. And anytime you plant something, it grows, right? If you plant something bad, it grows. You plant a weed or a crabgrass or thorns, they grow. But also on the flip side, if you plant something good, it also grows, right? Seeds need to be watered right? Some require a lot of attention and some, some require very little. If you overwater some plants, you can lose them and they can die, right? And, uh, you know, speaking of gardening, if you guys want to uh, pre-register for my gardening class, it's this weekend and it's called Gardening for the Glory of God. So that's free. Uh, if anybody wants to attend it, I'll be here this weekend. No, I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> But I wanted to give some background on why there's so many of these references of seed and planting and, to, and thorny ground and good soil and bad soil, because that was such a huge part of our culture. And it still is today. It still is today. But, you know, we all have friends. Every single one of us has friends. And I'm sure if I asked you to spend a moment, you could probably think of five people that you have either shared Jesus with, with them. Malachi, I appreciate you're with me. And I, I see you nodding. I, you're locked in with me. We're going somewhere. A lot of us have friends at school that we have spoken to their lives. We've planted seeds in their lives, right, right? And, 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 and you really want to see a harvest of that, right? You with me? And we so desperately, and, and the re, here's the reason that we want them to have that experience. You know what Jesus has done for you. A lot of us realize what Jesus has done for us, the change that is in our life now. And you want them to have that same experience, right? It'd be so unfair for us to not share that. I'm living the best life I've ever lived right now because of Jesus, and I want other people to experience that, not just me. I, I feel like I'd be robbing them to, to hold that back. But some of us don't really feel maybe equipped to do it correctly, so I, I want to help you guys with that tonight. I have two points, just two. One of them is your job. You ready? This is your job. Number one, keep planting seeds keep planting seeds. Amzi, what if they look different than me? What if they, I grew up on the rich side of the tracks and they grew up on the poor side of the tracks. I grew up in the woods of Lafayette, but they grew up on, in the projects. What about that? Keep planting seeds. Every single kind of person needs to be reached. Every single kind of person wants to be known. Amzi, what if they have both their parents? What if they have one parent? What if their family divorced? Keep planting seeds in those people's lives. Keep reaching out. Keep touching people. Keep loving them. Keep encouraging Keep sharing your faith. Keep showing up in that person's life. And what I, I really believe is, I think the greatest way to sow into people's lives is to live 
the fruit of the spirit in front of them. You're like, okay, what's that? I'll tell you. Okay, an apple tree should produce. Hey, nice. Okay, we're going to try another one. An orange tree should produce potato. Okay, uh, oranges, right? Right, not potatoes. Um, a peach tree should produce. Man, you guys are three out of three. I love it. I love it. But if a tree doesn't produce fruit, then it's considered unhealthy or it has something wrong with it, right? Does that make sense? You and I should be producing fruit in our lives, not apples and oranges and peaches. But let me, let me read this to you. Pastor's been talking about this Holy Spirit series on Sunday. He just this past Sunday, he went over these nine fruit of the Spirit. Like, Amzie, what does that mean? It's very easy. It's super easy to understand. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you, here, here's number one, is divine love in all its varied expressions. Number two, joy that overflows. Three, peace that subdues. Four, patience that endures. Five, kindness in action. Six, a spirit or a, a life full of virtue. Seven, faith that prevails. Eight, gentleness of heart. And nine, strength of spirit. That's Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But I have noticed that living these qualities these characteristics have been a huge witness for me when I'm sharing my faith with people. I'm not saying don't, sh I'm not saying don't share your faith with people. You, sh you should. But I've noticed the way that I get to speak into someone's life is when they first trust me. And people are watching you. Do you know that? They're watching you. If you're just, when everyone else is freaking out, but yet you've let the Holy Spirit produce these fruits in here and, you, and, you're, and you're calm, and you're well balanced when they're talking about the, the shooting that just happened. You're like, yeah, I mean, I, my heart hurts too, but I really have a lot of peace about it. They're going to say, well, why? Like, how is that even possible? It's because you've let the Holy Spirit produce those in you. And you never know who's watching you. But you're, you're, that's your job. Your, your job is to keep planting seeds. But you have another job, but it's not your job. Does that make sense? It doesn't. Because number two is let God do his job. All of us, all the time, trying to do God's job for him. He don't need no help. Stop trying to do his job. I want everybody to say, say, God, you are God, and I am not. Amen. Okay, you're dismissed. Let's go home. No. I think it's good for us to, God doesn't need us to, 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 for him to be reminded of who he is. I think it's good for us to remind ourselves of his rightful place. I want you to trust God with the process. The thing about growth, growth is that after one day, sometimes we don't see anything happen. We're just like, all right, abandon ship, we're done. It didn't work. All right, plan B, right? I looked up some information about trees. I'm just a master gardener over here, you know, class three master gardener. Uh, bonsai trees are the slowest growing plants, trees, growing at just a few inches or less each year. Actually, if you know Dan and Trish Wells, they have a very impressive collection of Russian nesting dolls. No, they have a very impressive collection of bonsai trees. When you go in their living room, they have this massive table that they've been growing these things for like 30 years and they're like this tall. <laughs> they're, but they're super awesome. It looks like a full grown tree that you'd see off like the Lion King, but it's like this big. But those, those trees only grow one to two inches a year. But then there's another tree called a silver maple. It's very fast growing, growing one to two feet each year. Have you ever invested a lot of time in someone? Money, your time, your energy, your passion, and then they bail on you? Yes. Have you ever done that? 
Have you ever thought like, man, this is kind of a, that was kind of a waste of time? I have. I'll be the first one to be like, yeah, I had that wrong thought. You ever thought that? Like, man, I, I spent all this time. But what I've learned as I've been in God for like 12 years now is that some people are bonsai trees and some people are silver maples. Some people grow at a really fast rate. Some people take a lot of time, 30 years. But at the same time, God looks at us and he invests in us and we mess up and we bail on him. And he says it was worth all of it and I do it over again. Let's look at this 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 8. Talking about letting God do his job. The first point was keep planting seeds. I'm going to read us our job description. It says, who is Apollos really? (laughs) And who is Paul? Aren't we both just servants through whom you, be, you believed our message? Aren't each of us doing the ministry the Lord has assigned to us? He says, I planted the church. And then Apollos came and cared for it. Another translation says he watered it. But it was God who caused it to grow. This means the one who plants is not anybody special. He's not saying like you're a nobody. But he's just saying, hey, it's, you're, don't think yourself uh, as such a big deal. Not anybody special, nor the one who waters, for God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. Now the one who plants and the one who waters are equally important, and they're on the same team. But each one will be rewarded for his own work. Talking about planting seeds in someone's life, talking about investing time in people's lives and then them bailing on you, or, or you're thinking like, man, what was even the point of that? You know, I have, I have a friend in my life that just got into some trouble, some big trouble. It's, it's bad. <laughs> it's not good. And uh, that person's in jail now. And I, I knew this person for four or five years, and I, I was really involved in his life, and he was involved in my life. And, uh, he, you know, I won't say who it is, but he came, to, he came to many church events. He was in my home a lot. I invested time in him. I love this person. This person would text me and say, hey, can I ride my bike over for dinner? And randomly, I'm like, yeah, let's go. As before we had all three boys, we just had Silas. So me and, me and my wife would be sitting there at the dinner table eating dinner. And, I, and one night we had this person over and he was over many times and he kind of looked upset all of a sudden. And I'm like, hey, are you, you good, man? He's just like, hey, I've never really seen a family unit like this that works. And I was just like, oh, wow, that's, that's heavy. <laughs> Laying that on us at dinner time. And he said, I know you're not my mom and dad, I know you guys aren't my mom and dad, but I, I really look up to you that way. And so we, we got, he was crying, we were crying. I was like, and we loved on him. And we're just like, hey man, you're just as big a part of this family as anybody. We love you. And he had shared with me multiple times about how his relationship with his dad wasn't any good and how his brother had also uh, been in and out of prison and stuff like that. And so I invested time in this person and I, and I loved him and I cared for him. And then he bailed and then he just disappeared. And I was just like, man, you know, you start to think the time and the energy and taking him to dinner. Like, my first thought was like, man, was it worth it? Like, geez, like I spent all that time. Like, like what was, like, what's, what was the point of that? And then I had another friend who really encouraged me lately, just recently. He said, you know, when that, those seeds that you planted in that person's life, that when that person is in their jail cell on those nights when they're finally forced to get quiet, I don't know what, I don't know how loud it is in jail or prison, but when that person lays down, those seeds that you planted, the Holy Ghost is going to work with those 
and bring them to the remembrance of those uh, that person I helped and all those people that you guys have helped. And for me to think it was a lost cause is, is completely the wrong way of thinking. It's thinking now he's in one of the worst environments he can be in. I'm so glad that I spent the time with him. It was worth it. It was every bit of it was worth it. So your job is to plant the seed. God's work is to cause it to grow. I didn't necessarily get to see the growth from it. I, I, I saw some growth, but I didn't get to see the thing that I thought. And then now it looks like it was all for nothing, right? That's what it looks like. He's on the six o'clock news. He's all over the internet. He's on news. It's like, man, like, geez, could I have done something different? But then that friend reminded me, no, no. Those times he spent, those private conversations where, you know, he cried and you cried and he said, I'm feeling this kind of way. And, and, and it, there was a reason for it. And I'm having faith in those seeds that were planted, that someone in that prison, maybe it's a, one of the, the corrections officers or another inmate's going to come through. I planted that seed, but they're going to come through and they're going to water that thing. And they're going to say, hey, God loves you. God still has a plan for you and they're going to water that. And then a couple months later, someone comes by. It's like, hey, you know, I think you're gifted and called to do this. And he's like, bro, I'm in, I'm in jail. What are you talking about? But someone that's going to come along and water that. And then when his time is up, when he can come out, I've seen God use people like that in such a mighty way. So for me to just discount, he's over, he's done. God can't use him anymore. It's such a small way of thinking. God can do so much more and so much greater. And usually the people that have a, some big platforms and get to travel a lot and, and, and tell their story and help people are people with a pretty bad past. Majority of the time, that's what I see. So that's what I'm believing. Instead of just being like, it was a waste. What was the point? It's useless. No, I have faith in those times when I spoke those things into his life and they went down in him. But on the same time, you know, God has placed things inside of you and inside of me. And he might be wondering, hey, you ever going to get with it? So here I am looking at somebody like, man, like you need to get this together. But God's looking at me saying like, I've been asking you to do this for me for, for a long time. But God would still do it all over again. It's not a waste. But we're no different than those people. God has asked us to do plenty of things before and we've just... It's in one ear and out the other. Like, oh, yeah, you know, no, if it's comfortable, I'll get to it, God. Right? So do your job and let God do his. Here's, a, here's, here's the last thing that I want to say. And, and Haas mentioned that when he prayed tonight is sometimes now when some of those people are gone out of your life, or maybe you've planted that seed and you still see this person in passing every day at school and you kind of wave or smile or nod. Pray for that seed. Pray for that thing. Those words that you've spoken to that person's life, the thing that you were desiring to see for those people, pray for it. I love this in uh, James 5 through 16. Uh, it's the latter part. It says, confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another and then pray for one another to be instantly healed. This is the part I'm talking about right here. For tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. And I absolutely believe if you're praying for your friends and stuff at school, it's a passionate prayer. If you're actually taking the time to pray for those people, I know you care for them. So just know that maybe you're not seeing the results. Like, hey man, Amsie, I've told, I've invited like a hundred people to court and nobody's come. I get that. I've done it a bunch before too. Or I've, I've, uh, I've sent this person an encouraging text or sent them stuff through social media and don't even respond to it, but they did read it. Just 
trust and have the faith that maybe you're the one that planted that first seed, but then Emily's gonna come along later in their life and she's gonna walk through and be like, God still loves you. God still has a plan for your life. You know, I think you're really good at this. Have you ever asked God like what? That could happen. One person plants and all these people come through in water. It's not your job to figure out when that's gonna grow up. Let God do his job. And just, just one, more, one more scripture to encourage you. Matthew 9, 37. I didn't give this to you, Leslie. It's all right. He said, he turned to his disciples and said, the harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. There's a bunch of us in this room. God's saying to us, there's so many people that'll, that will say yes to Jesus. That will say yes to me right now if you just go for him. I don't want to be the statistic in there. I don't want to be one of the ones where the, the laborers, there's not, there's not many to go out and get them. I want to be one of those people. Does anybody else want that or even care about that? I, I, I care and I want that. I want to share the same experiences with people that I've experienced. I want them to, to, to receive the goodness of God in their life like I have. I want them to be able to see stuff on the news but say, that's terrible, but I have the peace of God in my life and I don't have to fall prey to any of that. So the harvest is huge and ripe. Don't think like, well, all of my school's going to hell and it's just useless and, you know, what's the point even trying? No, God had said this so many years ago and he's still saying it. The harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. I'm gonna be one. I'm gonna be a harvester and I'm gonna help bring it in. I'm not in your schools. You guys are. And I can't, I don't, everybody has a, a sphere of influence, a circle of friends that only you guys know, just like I do. I'm in people's homes painting during the day, running into people in the, in the, in the store where I shop at every day for my business, but, but, and I reach those people. But you guys have the ones that you sit with in your first block class and then all through the day, and then you have the ones that you're waiting for to be waiting in line with to be picked up in the car line, and then you have the ones that you're with the, at the after-school sports and the ones that you're meeting at the Kevin Hammersmith Park and playing ball with. And they got that new playground, which I'm trying to go hit up. Has anybody seen that? It's like the size of New Albany. It's huge. But you have that circle of influence, and only you can reach those people. So let's, let's do that. Let's be intentional. I know we're about to go into a season where we're not going to be in school for a bit, but you're going to have access to your friends this summer to go hang out and go to the pool and go do whatever you guys do. Let's plant some seeds in people's lives. But let's not think, oh, it's up to me to make sure they meet God. There is a responsibility, yes, but let God do the work of growing them up. You receive that? Let's close in prayer. Lord, we're thankful for this time in your presence. Holy Spirit, we count on you and give you permission to lead us in our lives, to know when to say something to those people that even right now, those specific ones we're thinking of, what to say and how to say it and how to live our life boldly and loudly in front of them. That would be an attractive way to them. Holy Spirit, thank you for developing those nine fruit of the Spirit in us so that wherever we go, we can be effective Christians, effective believers, and that we can affect it anywhere we go. Thank you for using us. Thank you for giving us that job to plant seeds, to sow encouragement into people's lives. And Holy Spirit, we will do it. And we know that you're helping us. And we know that when we walk into situations, we don't need to think, I have no clue what I'm supposed to say. But you can say, Holy Spirit, help me. And he will fill your mouth with the right words to say. And you can speak into any situation that you need to. 
So thank you, Lord, for being with us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for uh, giving us a, a, a to-do list, maybe, maybe four or five people that we're thinking of right now that we can reach out to. The, the next moment we see them, we can grab our phone and send them a, a message and say, I'm thinking about you, love you, pray for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media.